We need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking, and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Yes, welcome back, dear listener. This is the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast. So if you're new to the podcast, we do this every week. We've been doing it for over five years. We're up to episode 275. It's a podcast we produce in Brisbane. It's a group of privileged white men who gather around. Normally just three or four of us. Tonight there'll actually be six of us, all still privileged and all very white, where we talk about news and politics and sex and religion and what's going on in the world particularly in Australia, but around the world. And we look at local events. Sometimes we do special editions, and this one uh, is a bit of a special one. So it's not our normal one because we've had a few special things happen. So my name is Trevor, uh, a.k.a. The Iron Fist. With me, as always, is Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day, Trevor. G'day, Paul. G'day, Joe. G'day, Robin. G'day, listeners. And also Paul the Twelfth Man. Greetings, Earthlings. Good, good evening, gentlemen. Lurking over the sound desk, keeping track of uh, audio, and tonight's going to be particularly taxing for him, is Joe. Evening, everybody. And uh, Robin is uh, Robin Bristow from the Noosa Temple of Satan. Uh, brother Samael Demogorgon is in the studio. Robin, welcome aboard. Uh, greetings, heathens. I'll get my signs right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and he got lost on the way here, but arriving soon will be Frank from, uh, from the Legalised Cannabis Party of some sort. So... So he'll be joining us, and there'll be six of us for a while. And uh, as different things happen, some of us may leave and come and go. So, dear listener, normally we uh, we review the week's events, but uh, on this occasion we've had a special day today. And some of you would know that um, really the genesis of this podcast uh, was as a as a very pro secularism podcast, where we were looking at what religion was and is doing in Australia and the privileges they were enjoying and talking about that and bemoaning the situation and wishing something would happen. And we morphed into news and politics and, and wider things. But our true um, heart, if you like, always remi- uh, remains with promoting secularism uh, as an ideal. So um, I've been saying for years that some active Satanists need to get going and start stirring the pot in Australia and... And today, finally, uh, uh, t- today, finally, we have finally the hero that we need, that Queensland needs in terms of Robin, who, who did a little event for us. So, dear listener, as a bit of background, there are things called religious instruction classes in Queensland state schools. These are government schools. And by law, um, a preacher of a religion can take up one hour of time during the week to preach about their religion to followers of the religion. And during that time, the other kids in the class have to twiddle their thumbs, go somewhere else, to a library or somewhere else, uh, while that teaching takes place. So this is something that could happen at Sunday school. They could do it in their own time. It, it wastes enormous time in the system. And it's a matter of right that preachers can go into schools and, and do this. And that's from grade, ones through to, grade 1 through to 12. So section 76 of the Act, and we'll talk about it. So so I've been saying for a while what we need to sort of uh, – we've been asked – well, all different groups have been asking for this law to be changed, in particular Queensland Parents for Secular State Schools and various humanist groups and others. And, of course, it's fallen on deaf ears. I've had meetings with uh, 
Kate Jones, then Education Minister, she wasn't interested in doing anything. Nobody has been motivated to change the status quo of a, of a law that is 110 years old. And, um, and so what we need is someone to stir the pot. And what we had today was um, Robin Bristow, a.k.a. brother Samael Gorgon, uh, Demogorgon, sorry, uh, went to Kelvin Grove High School and handed out some leaflets. Um, brother Samael, would you like to tell us what you were doing, why you were there, what, what, what happened? Give us a rundown. <laughs> Well, we're there to take up the same rights as the uh, other preachers. So, uh, you know, we're in competition with uh, Christianity and with Hinduism and uh, the Muslim faith, and uh, we're there to take our rightful position. And uh, we we want to be in the schools to to uh, preach to satanic kids um, about our faith. And uh, so today we were at the front gates handing out pamphlets, hoping to recruit. Uh, some some kids to uh, make sure that they um, told the principal that they were Satanists and good day Frank. Good day, Frank's day. joined us. Welcome Frank. Have a seat. How yep. do you do? Very Thank good. You, <laughs> yeah. So just to, to carry on, we we, we want we wanted to find out if there were any kids in in the school who who supported us and who wanted us to take um, their RI classes for them. Mm. So basically, you had a flyer which you uh, stood at the front gate and handed out. Yes. And uh, the flyer, the gist of it was uh, that the Noosa Temple of Satan is willing to provide religious instruction lessons to the children of. Uh, well, you were offering it to grade 11 and 12 students. That's Let's right. get that straight. Yes. Technically, you could offer it to grade one students, but you limited it to 11 and 12 at this stage. And saying to them, look, sign up as a member of, uh, well, tell the school that you um, want your religious instruction from the Noosa Temple of Satan and we'll make sure you get it or you'll make sure that they get it. Precisely. In other words, yeah. yeah. So um, the response, like, how, how do you feel it went? Well, I, th- I think it went very well. We, mm. we started off with the principal coming out and asking what we were doing. Yes. Well, why would they have noticed you at all? Well, I was dressed up in, in my <laughs> religious garb, uh, yeah. as, as every important religious person should be. Yes. Um, yeah, so I had, Which was? <laughs> I was totally dressed up in a black co- cape and um, hood, and I was carrying my symbolic skull in my one hand. And I had had the flyers to hand out, so I think that's what attracted the attention. Um, yeah, I think some people saw you lurking at the front and quickly <laughs> rang the principal and said, "There's a really strange Something's guy out there." Something's happening outside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he came outside and asked what I was doing, and um, I told him this was a public footpath, and I was wasn't really interested in in, uh, in what he had to say. But I, I gave him one of our pamphlets, and off he went. Right. Um, so. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good a good occasion. Mm. Yeah. And then the the well, I don't think the bell rang, but just a pile of students started coming out, walking past, and um, and you offered your pamphlet to those I who did. were interested. So yes. yeah, so so uh, good civic action, and um, maybe some of those will be watching this podcast, or they'll be jumping onto your Facebook page, and they'll be deciding whether next year. 
they'd like you to um, instruct them in the wonders of satanic religion. Satanism is far more interesting than any any other religions on the go. So <laughs> yes. I highly recommend it. The classes mm. will be very entertaining. So, so what if the principal just says, no way, I'm not having this. Well, the, you're not coming into my school. Um, <laughs> the principal has no say on this matter. Uh, he must, using the word must, he must mm. allow us to enter the school yes, to give in, these lectures. Indeed. So that's uh, by virtue of Section 76. Uh, what is the Act? I've got the flyer here somewhere. Hang on. There, there would be some protocols you would need to observe, though. I'm not there? sure. I don't know if you need, even need a white card. Um, I think I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure you need a blue card or something yeah, like that. But card. Uh, blue but, card is yeah. it? Okay. So, Section 76 of the Education General Provisions Act of 2006 says, and I'll paraphrase. I'll, I'll cut out some words, but the words I'm going to read are are definitely in there. Um, any minister of a religious denomination shall be entitled during school hours to give to the students in attendance at a state school who are members of the denomination religious instruction in accordance with regulations prescribed in that behalf during a period not exceeding one hour in each week on such day as the principal of that school appoints. So you're entitled to it, Robin, for Thank an hour, you. and it's just a matter of working out a time and a place. Exactly. has to provide a room for you. Um, if there are any non-Satanists in the class... Um, they'll have to go somewhere else. Well, we'd, we'd recommend the non-Satanists stay and listen. Well, they have to sign up. <laughs> if, they're not, if they're not actually enrolled, yes. if, if the enrolment form doesn't say that they're up for your religious instruction, then they can't attend. So, even even as, know, a, as... They have to talk to their parents and uh, or notify the school and change 18, their enrolment. Would, they, would that still apply? Yeah, uh, all students. All so, students. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. So, well, um, yeah, the ones who leave aren't allowed to do any other learning. Yeah. Yep, so the ones who leave, um, so this is why it works in primary schools, dear listener, is uh, typically it's not a Satanist who walks in with a dark cloak and a skull under his arm. Typically it's a man in a – well, it could be a man in a cloak with a, with a figure um, nailed to a cross and perhaps with bleeding from the belly uh, who comes in and um, – well, they're wearing a crucifix. I know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. You just looked at me strangely. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering about the bleeding from the navel. Well, because well, I've been stabbed, well, stabbed in the because oh, Jesus was Christ was side. stabbed in the he side. Yes, yeah, that's side, right. Yeah, yeah and, and not bleeding from the hands and feet. Yeah, I mean the skull in comparison <laughs> is not so bad. Is, is the point? No, I'm trying I to think make. that's it's yeah. quite tame in comparison. Yeah. I've seen crucifixion um, depictions <laughs> that are quite gross, actually. Yeah, yeah. so. Your skull is quite tame oh, as yes, far as skulls go, I think. I bought, any- I bought it from Woolworths. So <laughs> it's a secret. So, yeah. so, um, so, um, so, yeah. In a normal primary school, a a preacher comes in, uh, talks. If it's a Catholic preacher, talks to the Catholic kids, and everyone else in the classroom goes out, and they're not allowed to learn anything of regular schoolwork because they don't let the kids who are in a religious class miss out on important stuff. So well, none of them learn anything of value, do they? Really? <laughs> well, just their normal classes. This is the point. They can't continue with a normal math or English class in primary. You know, yeah. So they. But during play. the hour of religious instruction, well, they're not learning I, anything. I would either. put it to you that nobody learns anything of value. Except, I reckon in the satanic class they will. I think possibly. I think Robin I think would we've conduct got lots it. of important things yeah. to tell them. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's do. no, there's lots of lessons they yeah. can learn there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually looked at your sort of draft sort of curriculum. 
here, Robin, yes. which was, uh, these were some of the topics you were looking at um, as teaching. Um, Satan, evil or just a misunderstood rebel seeking democratic power sharing? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good, good way of thinking, alternatively. Morals, how does a Satanist decide what is good or evil? Uh, invocations, how to start a parliamentary sitting or a council meeting with a satanic invocation instead of the Lord's Prayer. That would be good. That would be very exciting. Chaplains, how Satanists can become uh, school chaplains. Um, So, yeah, these are the sorts of things. Media literacy. I mean, Satanists have been the victims of a bad PR campaign for a long time. Terrible. And a lot of media bias against your mob, Robert. Yes, we have been at the receiving end of Mm. a lot of bad stuff. And I I think some of your classes will deal with how to to deal with media bias um, and... You know, and an understanding of how the media works. That would be useful. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we suffer real persecution, unlike the Christians' imagined persecution. So, In, yes. Indeed. So, so there's lots of good, fun stuff uh, that people will learn in a satanic class, Robin. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pentagrams mm-hmm. and candles in the corners. Oh, that'll be very exciting, yeah. Yes. So, um, so yep. Yeah, uh, uh, so the point is you can't be refused. It will be interesting to see what happens. Now... Why were you at Kelvin Grove? Well, um, it's it's in the um, heartland of a, of la- of a, lab- a labour government's mm. um, education department, mm. uh, the educated ministers. Dep- uh, yes, Grace Grace is yes. the current member in the electorate of so, McConnell, which houses, which is home to the Kelvin Grove State yeah, College. If you're yeah. wanting to send a clear message, I think it's a good place to start. Mm. Um, yeah, it goes straight to the straight to the highest person in the, in the in the state. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. warn Frank before yeah. he drinks that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, dear listener, normally we sit around with beers you and you become a satanist. Yes, and our, that's why. <laughs> our beer sponsor tonight is Robin, and Robin has provided. What have you provided us with, Robin? It's a South African recipe. It's home brewed pineapple beer, <laughs> and it takes about a week. Uh, it's very strong, so it's over ten percent alcohol, and it's an acquired <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Yes. Uh, I'll acquire so, it at some other time. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Just pull that microphone a bit closer to you as well, if you can, or sit closer to it. Frank would be good. That way, we'll hear you properly. Yep. So, yep. Something like that'll do. Just a bit closer. How's that? Yeah, that's better. Thank you. And it's very easy to make. It only takes a week to brew. And, um, yeah, but, uh, it's very healthy, apparently, according to all my friends, because it's made of pineapple. <laughs> that's so. what all home brewers say. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm told. Yeah. No preservatives. So we're right. drinking a, a form of hooch, basically. Yes. very strong hooch. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah. So getting back to the electorate of McConnell. So yes. uh, at the last election, Grace Grace um, was about six percentage points ahead of the Greens candidate and having got more primary votes than the Greens candidate, basically she picked up the Greens um, preferences, preferences and won the seat. So if, in f- you know, that's not a huge margin and it's possible that if the Greens candidate got in front on the primary vote of Grace Grace, then the Greens candidate will win on Labor preferences. So, um, so why is that important? Well, uh, at the moment... The Labor Party has no policy for doing anything about religious instruction classes. And 
I don't know, call me strange, but I reckon there could be some parents at Kelvin Grove High who don't like the idea of your lessons, Robin, misguided as they are. Yeah, they, just they would don't. be terribly misguided yeah. because if, if other religions are allowed in, then certainly we are. Yeah, so they might kick up a fuss and might just say, we can't let this happen. Dear yeah. politicians, stop this crazy man from entering our school. Well, that's the time for Grace. Grace to stand up and say, I support Satanists in school, and we're waiting for her to say that. Yes. Looking forward to yeah. her saying that. But on the other hand, if somebody like the Greens or some of the other candidates, uh, independents, said, well, we stand for getting rid of Section 76 and vote for us, and the Satanists like this character won't be allowed in, that might be a tempting option for some people to say, well, I might vote Greens in that case. It could be how it happens, dear listener. Yeah, Robin, of course, is just a humble preacher. These are the things that I think about as a sort correct. of political commentator as, as, as I look at it. So a bit of an awkward situation um, if you're in a marginal seat. And the other marginal seat, of course, is South Brisbane. So Jackie Trad at the last election, got a little more than 500 more votes than the Greens candidate in oh. the primaries. So if... 251-odd people of those 500 swap their vote to the Greens, then they'll be ahead on the primary and will probably then win on Labor preferences. So that's not much of a swing at all. And there might be some parents at some South Brisbane schools and that electorate who go, well, maybe the same thing could happen in State High. Um, Robin, do you have any plans to offer lessons at State High? Well, it would definitely be on, on our radar right. to have something to do. But, yeah, uh, some, of, some of Brisbane's finest young minds are at I'd State High. I'd love to see Jackie stand up and say she supports the Satanists. Yeah. I think it would be good to see that. Yeah. So, again, if the Greens are the most likely candidates to say, well, we would support repealing Section 76, there will not be a Satanist in State High, that could be worth a few votes, particularly if, if Jackie Trad says nothing. So it's an interesting situation. Of course, then we've got the LNP. And so on the one hand, LNP are known as traditionally sort of conservative Christian base that they're appealing to. I mean, the deputy leader, Tim Mander, former CEO of Scripture Union, this is a group who are famous for providing sort of uh, chaplains and, and the sorts of people who would do scripture lessons. And so on the one hand, they'd be wanting to change the law to stop Satanists coming in. But they can't change 76, Section 76 to say, we allow all faiths in except Satanists. That's not going to cut it. You can't discriminate against a religion. So if they wanted to stop Satanists coming into the school, they'd have to say all religions can't come into the school. And that would be really annoying for them because at the moment they've got quite a lot of uh, teachers going into these schools teaching. So uh, it's an all-or-nothing approach that the LNP will have to take in response to this. So they um, are between a rock and a hard place. It's, it's either allow the Satanists in or, or stop all preachers. It would be interesting to see which way they jump. They won't know what to do, I don't think. Well, there's, there's a lot of money involved, especially with the chaplains. Right. Um, if, so, they, if they 
stop religious instruction, they probably want to stop the chaplains as well because we may have Satanist chaplains. Well, that'll be the next. That's that that, the that next could one. be another step down the track. And that that's, was, that's that's right. That's worth sixty-one yes. million dollars a year. Yeah. Here's the difficulty with chaplains, though, is it's really up to the PNC to decide and the school to decide who the chaplain will be, and they get a matter of choice in in picking their chaplain. So Robin might be able to offer his services as a chaplain. He is very charming. He sometimes. is, and he has a lot of things to say. And foolishly, they might decide, oh, we're not going to have this crazy guy. I beg your pardon. A, I'm saying that they'd be foolish to decide against having you, Robin. That would be very wise of them to decide. <laughs> so... So they've got a choice when it comes to chaplaincy, is what I'm saying. Yes. And and you could be the best candidate for the job and whatever. But all we need at Kelvin at Grove State College, dear listener, is one student to say, I am wanting religious instruction from the Noosa Temple of Satan, and you are allowed into that school. No ifs, no buts, no maybes, uh, provided you just pass some rudimentary things in terms of blue cards and provide a copy of the plan that you're going to teach and fill in a few forms and agree to do a few things. But, uh, you know, just mere paperwork, I'm sure it'll be, for a man of your skills, not a problem. Well, I, I want the scheme to spread across yeah. Queensland, so yeah. I'm putting a shout out there to all the yes. people who are thinking about becoming yes. satanic religious instructors yes. Um, yes. to contact me, please, and we can make a plan for them to yes. go into the schools, especially if they have kids in those schools that they'd like to... Um, yeah. Or, minister to. Yes, yes, indeed. If you want to be a, an instructor or if you have children and you would like them to receive instruction, please, yes, please let like, us know. Like it's a matter of uh, what you have to do is when you enrolled in the school, there would have been a section on the enrolment form nominating your religion. Uh, you possibly did not put Noosa Temple of Satan down. If you did at that time of enrolment, Congratulations, and I want to speak to you. <laughs> but you can always amend that. I mean, uh, faith is always a matter of uh, – it's a fluid concept. You can change your faith at any time. It so is. You, and in, Queen, in Queensland, uh, yeah. you can put – if you go to the hospital and, you, yeah. and they ask you about your religion, you can put Satanism, and it's right. one of the pull-down menu choices. Really? Yeah. Yes, it is. And um, yeah. Yeah. what I do is every time I go into hospital, I ask to um, – for them to remind me what my religion is. You ask I do. I ask them, and it always causes a bit of consternation behind the counter there. <laughs> yes. So um, so that's uh, the main guts of it. So, yes, if you're a Kelvin Grove student and, you've, and, you've so- and you, you want the instruction lessons, how do they contact you, Robin, uh, through the... Uh, oh, no, uh, our Gmail account. Yeah. So it's yep. a Noosa T of S... So it's mm. Noosa T of S at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, find, find the Facebook page and send That's a message easier, and, yeah. and then there'll be uh, details sent through and someone will be in contact and introduce you to the wonderful world of satanic instruction. It would be a lot of fun, I think. Heaps of fun. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Mm. Robin, uh, how did you choose your religious name? Samael Demogorgon. Mm. Where does that come from? Uh, well... Samael is, uh, a, I think it's a Yiddish word or a, a, a Hebrew word for um, one of the, the, the devils. And it's, it's so demonic that you cannot even say the word. It's one like of those. Yahweh or yeah, something Yeah, like that. so uh, that's why I chose it because it put, put a lot of people in predicament because if they wanted to 
call me by my official title, they couldn't because they weren't allowed to say the name. If they're mm. Jewish. If they're Jewish, yes. Mm. And uh, Dima Gorgon is uh, in, a, in a similar vein, but it's also a, a character from a movie. Um, so have, have a Google of that and uh, look up an image of a Dima Gorgon. You'll probably okay. recognize it's quite, a, quite interesting. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, hopefully we'll see some action uh, from our leaders who will look at this 110-year-old law and say, gosh, didn't realise it was there, let's get rid of it. If not, maybe a visit to State High might be in order. Maybe a visit uh, to the polling booths uh, at stay around State High on the polling day might be yes. in order. I mean, you could stand there with a sign saying... Um, which parties are prepared to allow a man like you to enter a school and which parties are not, and just, just let people know. <laughs> I, did, I did wear my Satan is the one true God T-shirt to the last time I went voting. Yes. And I actually checked with the, um, the officer beforehand and to make sure that uh, he didn't find the T-shirt offensive. He said, no, that's not offensive at yes. all. Yeah. And um, at the, uh, the election... Booth was in in a church, and so there were some very nervous people standing around me in the voting queue. This was pre-COVID, obviously, the last state election, and they were wondering if I was going to be struck dead by lightning before I entered the church. But it didn't happen. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you're not already following the Facebook page of Noosa Temple of Satan, head on over there. There's lots of good things happening tomorrow. What's tomorrow happening? What's... It's even better. Yes. We, we're going to have a banner flying behind an aeroplane tomorrow at 2 o'clock. <laughs> uh, it's got, uh, do you love religious freedom? Question mark. Uh, hail Satan. So that's going to arrive in Noosa at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Yep. Flying up the Sunshine Coast, uh, yep. starting at Kabulcha, I think, where the airport is, at yep. 1 o'clock. Yep. Uh, going past Caloundra, Maruchidor, and then t- flying around Noosa a few times before yep. going down the Bruce Freeway back, back home. So if you live on the Sunshine Coast, uh, we want you to take some photos with it uh, in the sky, maybe with yourself in the foreground, the plane in the background, like be creative. Um, oh, that's going to be do, hard. Do what you can. <laughs> you need um, a huge telephoto yeah. lens probably. But, anyway, uh, it'd be yeah. nice to have some photos of please, it. Yeah, please, that would be we'd good. love to see your photographs. Yeah, yeah. so that's good. Um so anyway, that's a rundown of the basics. Was there anything else that needed to be covered on that topic? Oh, I just wanted to say, um, so, oh, will I tell this story or not? Uh, yeah, I'll tell it. Because I'm helping you out, obviously, Robin, if people oh, hadn't you. worked this out. And um, so we contacted a, a journalist um, to say, here's a heads up, you could come and take a photo of Robin and maybe get a head start exclusive of a few hours if you're interested. And... So I rang this journalist up and said, you know, I'm calling about this potential story that might interest you. Uh, we're going to have a guy dressed up in a satanic outfit. He's going to be in front of this. And as I'm telling the story, this journalist, I could I could almost see his face. He was going, what? And he was going, what? Who, who are you? What is this? What? What is this crazy thing? And uh, it, I had to talk really quickly for about two minutes to convince him that it was actually, in fact, a genuine thing. And, uh and before I could get him interested, it was, it was a strange conversation to have with somebody to say, look, this may sound really, really strange, but I'm deadly serious. Please don't dismiss me um, without listening to my story. Don't Just hang, up. hang in there for a minute or two while I get this out, please. So, so that was the story. Um, right. Well, um, we're getting asked what time the plane will be past Marichidor. 
What time? Well, if if it takes off at one o'clock and it gets to Noosa at two, I suspect it'll be around uh, half past one, right. somewhere around there. Excellent. Yeah. There we go. Just so. a few minutes before, after. Right. But yeah. we all will be updating its position on on. We've made an event on our Facebook page yep. called Flying Satan. Mm-hmm. So just go and have a look at our um, events on on our mm-hmm. Facebook page. And what mm-hmm. we'll do is the pilot's going to. Um, announce where he's going to be, and we'll update on mm. on that event. Mm. Just, uh, I'm, I'm probably repeating stuff for people who are regular listeners, but I've got to get this out uh, in the chat room. Chris says, "Is it possible to call yourself a Satanist and be taken seriously in the current climate?" And I'm just going to divert slightly. Um, if the Pastafarians, uh, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, tried to, you know, attempt the same sort of um, exercise, the same sort of rights as Satanists are with this uh, religious instruction, it wouldn't work because they're not a genuine religion. It's actually been deemed to be a satirical sort of group. And I know the Attorney General might have said something else, but when it comes to the High Court and how they've defined what a religion is, uh, you need a belief in a supernatural being, you need some rites and rituals and and doctrines to go with it. And um, so because Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is, is... obviously satirical and, and nobody in the group actually thinks there is a genuine spaghetti monster as a deity. Uh, they're not considered by many to be a genuine religion. However, Satanists, there's definitely people who believe in Satan as as a deity, as a supernatural being, and they have plenty of rituals and doctrine to go with it. So there's no doubt that Satanism as such is a religion. Now, not everybody within Satanism believes in Satan as a deity. Some of them believe in Satan. Uh, Satanism is more of a movement, uh, as a metaphorical sort of spirit of rebellion. Still like the Anglican Church. <laughs> not, not all of them believe in God. Absolutely <laughs> right, Frank. And indeed, in the Anglican Church, um, I think there was a study done that showed uh, one in 15 um, ministers did not actually believe in God. Um, I keep getting that figure wrong. It's either one in 15 don't believe God or it might have been from the Catholics, one in 15 was a pedophile. I've got, got, <laughs> got the one in 15. That, those, yeah. that sounds a bit well, wrong, those odds. Yeah. Is there any <laughs> overlap between <laughs> not believing in God and being a pedophile? I don't know. So, um, so Satanists cross a wide spectrum, as does Christianity, from people who are cultural Christians who actually don't believe, even within the leadership. And... The interesting thing is now, Robin, I wouldn't be so rude as to ask you if you actually believe in Satan. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go up to the Archbishop of Brisbane, Coleridge, and ask him, um, does he believe in God? The Archbishop of Canterbury, yes, uh, Justin Welby, yes. so I think he's retired now, yeah. admitted to a BBC radio interviewer there are moments when he doubts the existence of God. Yes, there you go. Only moments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his views are on Satan. He probably, but anyway. Even Mother Teresa famously, uh, somebody came across some of her scrawlings and she even had doubts herself. Right, yeah. Yes. So the final comment I just want to make on that score is I'm not going to ask you, Robin, what you Thank believe, you. as I would not ask. It would be very cheeky of me and I'm not going to do that. Um, but but, but if we ever had to go to court... And um, argue about the existence of Satan. Our yeah. first um, witness would be a 
Catholic. Yeah, well, indeed. Bishop, yeah. <laughs> really? Indeed. Why? Well, because Why? they... Because most of them do believe in Satan. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, 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 they would be the witness uh, on our side. Yeah, so you're yeah. getting an objective opinion yes. on whether or not Satan is real. Yes. Call the cat- and who wouldn't believe a Catholic bishop? In the, that's right. <laughs> Me. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't believe a Catholic bishop? Yeah. If it was the US Supreme Court, you'd be doing well, because it won't be long, and seven well. out of nine Supreme Court judges will be ca- are Catholic. So that's another story. But just to finish off on this, dear listener, is that um, I'm not going to ask Robin what he believes or not, but uh, it doesn't matter because there was a Church of Scientology case where the Church of Scientology was claiming to be a religion. And in the Victorian uh, Supreme Court, the court said, look, you guys are just a sham. You've, you've made up this, this sort of cult into a religion in order to get tax advantages. You've, you've sort of made up these doctrines and you've, you've, in retrospect, shaped it to look like a religion. And... Uh, they appealed and went all the way to the High Court. And the High Court said, everything you said about factually there was quite correct. Was, was correct. These guys did set it up uh, in that way and, and it is a sham what the leaders are doing. But there are enough people in Scientology who actually believe in Scientology that you are in fact a religion of Scientology and it doesn't matter what the leadership thinks. So... Bear that in mind, everybody who wants to try and stop uh, the Noosa Temple of Satan from exercising its full rights uh, under the wonderful uh, freedom of religion laws that this um, wonderful country provides. Indeed. Mm. We we also got a letter from the Attorney General saying that he supports us. Yes. Christian um, Porter. Yeah, I wrote him because the Pastafarians got their letter, so I immediately wrote to Christian. And did he send the Pastafarians a letter too? He did indeed. Mm-hmm. What a nice yes. guy. So, But you just can't rely on what the Attorney General says. No. So anyway, that's, that's the lowdown on Robin and what he's up to, and stay tuned for more on that score. This feels a little bit like a... a um, a reunion of the old secular Queensland Secular Party. <laughs> Without, Robin's was never a member, but the rest of us were. And we used to sit in the Britain City Council Library chatting about the world and bemoaning things. And, and um, so, Frank, um, yep. you were with us in those days. And I was and, and with Robin in the uh, reason part. You've, the yeah, part. you've, you've, been, with, part, yeah. you've yeah. been with us. So just uh, come forward a little bit for us, yeah. please, Frank. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, You've been you've been with everybody at one stage, Frank. <laughs> everybody likes me. How yeah. did you go in the Lord Mayor race? I got about four thousand votes. Right, that's good. Yeah, yeah it was just me and a Facebook page. So, yes. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well done. So, what are you doing this time in the state election? What are you up to, Frank? Oh, I'm, I've uh, joined the uh, oh, Legalised Cannabis Queensland Party, um, and I'm running in the state electorate of Everton against Tim Mander, mm-hmm. the ex-head of Scripture Union. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's it's completely amazing. Like uh, early in the year, a group of people got together and uh, decided to form a party. Got it registered September, and now there's 23 candidates ranging that, from Townsville down to Gold Coast. That is amazing. 23 yeah. candidates yeah. is a lot. That is amazing. And and the reason it's good is that the, the law and order people paint the people that use cannabis as some sort of, you know, really strange potheads. But if you look at all the candidates, they're ordinary people and they're not, um, yeah. They're, they're, 
they're just ordinary they people. be in jail. They're just ordinary people like you, Frank. Oh, no, no, I'm not an ordinary person. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say special, but other people might say different. <laughs> so so is, is it an offshoot of the hemp party? Is it, is it, uh, is it, no, does it so genesis in that, or is it completely... Uh, why isn't the hemp party doing this? Or what, what's the difference between the two parties? Oh, well, the hemp party um, hasn't... Hasn't been able to organise in Queensland. They're all too stoned. That's right. why. Oh, yeah, they, they, they can't get their shit together. <laughs> no, it's more. Well, I suspect that there's pressure applied to people. Uh, it's, right. Um, okay. To, to not be organised. So, are you? Are they friendly with each other? These two groups, or is it? A, oh, is yes, it right? yes, yeah, okay. quite friendly. Right. Um, okay. The, um, the the hemp party is a national party. We're a state party. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, and You've done there's... really well to get twenty three candidates in that time. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's awesome, hey. Mm. And I'm one of the few people in the party that's not a cannabis user, so it's right. even more interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy I'm running against, Tim Manda, he before he found Jesus, he was a, a cannabis smoker. Oh, so really? Does he admit to that openly? Does he? Wow. Yeah, it's in writing. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. And but what's What's his view now on... Oh, uh, yeah, send him to jail. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, right. I wonder if Tim Mander ever made the link between Satan and using cannabis because clearly it's an evil weed, right? It is. It's yeah. the devil's herb. Exactly. De- devil's yeah. lettuce. So Tim yeah. Mander might have been a good candidate for that party had he not found Jesus. That's right, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Just sliding, sliding door yeah. moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know that Jesus was lost. <laughs> so uh, I guess the, uh, the one and only policy is uh, legalise um, cannabis, marijuana, yeah. has, as, has as lost, soon as possible. Yeah, it has lots of ramifications, um, mm. uh, you know, like, like farming, farmers, yeah. could, if they... If, if cannabis was legal, farmers wouldn't have all those horrible regulations to stop them growing hemp. Yeah. Um, and we'd be able to grow it for food. Yeah. And have it for clothes uh, and all, all sorts of wonderful things. But I'm mainly interested in the, the medicine side because mm. it was a medicine before it was made illegal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's proven to be a, uh, an excellent medicine for a whole lot of things like epilepsy and MS and chronic pain. And uh, there's just an amazing, like, amazing number of people that actually use it. And there's a, a false distinction between recreational and medicinal cannabis because if you ask people that say they're recreational users, it usually find out that they've got some underlying medical condition that they're using it for. Mm. And but if you admit to a, you know a medical disability, the, you know the bullies and the, the the sociopaths target you and try and be mean to you. So. Uh, most people don't admit to having a disability, uh, right? But the, the, so they just say they're recreational users. But if you ask a recreational user, you know, do they suffer from anxiety or chronic pain or post-traumatic stress? You usually find there's something there that, that is yep. quite helpful for. Any states yet have it legal in Australia? Any? Yes. Oh, uh, well, sort of. Me- medical cannabis is technically legal, but there it's uh, there's so many. Uh, obstacles to getting it. You know, oh. Like the, the medicine for epilepsy costs like $26,000 a year. Okay, that's so in Queensland it's it's available but extremely expensive and that's the same. No, in all oh. the states. Oh, okay, all the it's, states. It's, yeah. okay. But nobody has yet legalised it, have they? For just... uh, not 
properly. You can you can get a prescription for cannabis mm. if you have certain medical conditions yep. and you're willing to pay a huge amount of money for it. It's yep. more expensive to get it legally than it is to get it on the black market. Yep. <laughs> New Zealand just had a referendum on that issue. Yeah, they're not going to tell us for a month. <laughs> why, why is I don't get that. I don't understand why it takes... Oh, because it's going to take them a month to work out what to do about it. <laughs> right. Okay, I just... It seems really strange. I presume that the question was fairly straightforward. Are you in favour or not? And I would have thought you could tally them up as quickly as... Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's a very it. complicated. Cannabis is always um, yes. a complicated issue. Yes. So, um, so um, on other on other issues, each candidate just decides. Uh, say, for example, this religious instruction. Um, oh yeah, like uh, I'm, thing, then, yeah. then you have a personal view that you would say that's that's my policy on that, and then there might be a a. a, a one of your candidates somewhere else who might think the opposite. Like on other issues, it's just up to them. Is that yeah, right? on the other issue, yeah, like one of our candidates is a Christian, yep. a very nice man, mm. but, yeah, I, I think he, you know, his views yeah. are different from mine on that issue. Like yeah. I, I'm up front. I don't think there should be chaplains in, in schools and I don't think there should be religious instruction in schools. Religious yep. instruction belongs in churches, so that's yep. it. Yeah, friend of the show, Cam Riley, is in your electorate. You've got his vote. I know that. So, <laughs> so that's one. Yeah, oh, that's only because I do butterflies as well, support butterflies as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, so that's right. That's the main reason. Yes, and um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and I saw you in a sort of a town hall meeting, um, like on Facebook. Was there? Was there something like you were in a hall with the other candidates? And, oh yeah, and, the photo of me going head to head with Tim Mandel. Yeah, what, what, tell us about that. That. I assume it was evening. What, what? Oh, that was a, a breakfast. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. breakfast, right. Had to get up in the dark to get there in time. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, but I only got to talk for a minute, but uh, people got, got asked you questions, and so that was quite interesting. Yeah. And being a minor candidate, I didn't. only got one question. So R- Right. Uh, and being an introvert, they, they were very uh, uh, so respectful of my introversion by not me too much question right oh, I can't remember now it was an easy question they were, they were really kind right but uh, there's a lot of people that are, um, are very sympathetic look they did a survey on one of the TV stations 54 percent of the population want cannabis legalized right and the only reason it's not legalized is none of the major parties will come out and say they're going to do it mm. but now we have 23 candidates people can vote for and will the major parties will have to have a think. Mm. Mm. Uh, depending on how well we do, mm. the good. Greens support legalised cannabis as well. Yep, you did very well in the sorry in the Senate in the oh yeah federal election. How, what percentage did you get then? Uh, I think we got an eighth of a Senate quota. Yeah, and with preferences, we got a uh, a quarter. Right. Yep. And that was without a, without a, an on the ground campaign, and now because we've got a lot of on-the-ground workers with the, the Legalised Cannabis Party, um, at the next Senate election it's going to be very interesting because I think we'll be close, close to getting a, a, a quota for a pro-cannabis candidate. Mm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the major parties will be doing a lot of uh, hard thinking. Mm, very good. Yeah, sorry. Do you, do you know, Frank, do the Greens have a policy of uh, endorsing legalised cannabis for recreational use? Or yes, just for they do. Use? Uh, yeah, uh, for all legalising it for everything. Okay. But they, they, they have a lot of conditions, um, which I can't remember exactly, 
but they do allow a medical patient to grow their own cannabis, um, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and as we know, there have been some cases uh, reported in the media in the last few years of people growing their own because somebody in their family had a medical issue and they, they thought that cannabis uh, medicinally would help them, and some of them, of course, have been got into trouble with oh, the law. Quite a, needed a lot of our candidates. One of our candidates is going to court on the 30th. They've been yep. fighting it in the courts for about two years. Yep. They say medical use, using medical using cannabis for medical reasons is, is legal, mm. and the government says no, and they've been fighting it ever since they got arrested. Um, and it's totally appalling. And they're, just, it's, they're, they're only one person. There's 20,000 people in Queensland get arrested for cannabis. I mean... Oh. Recreational cannabis. For, for, for just cannabis. Just they don't make a distinction. And that's uh, just totally appalling. And all those people will, will get a, a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends, she uh, couldn't take her mother to Disneyland because she had a criminal record. And not to mention the expense, you know, the expense of hiring a, a solicitor if you're oh, yeah. charged. It's horrendous. Yeah, it used to be a real lurk because to defend a case you had to get a barrister and they're really expensive. But yeah. but luckily the lawyers, it's some lawyers, they even have a conscience. They all got organised and said, no, let's change that. And so it's not as expensive oh, really? anymore. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, I think because there's, there's an awful lot of people that really are sympathetic towards cannabis. I'm sure there are. Mm. Even, uh, oh, and even uh, Christians. Oh, sorry, uh, Robin. <laughs> yeah. In the Bible, like Christians don't read the Bible, you know, atheists do, and I read the Bible. And in the Bible, yep. in, uh, what is it, Exodus, yep. the God actually commands the priests to use cannabis in the temple. Really? Really? Yeah, the word the word is tra- cannabis is translated as sweet cane, oh. but okay. uh, the people that did the translation they had no idea, right? Mm. It's, it's like if you had to translate the word caterpillar mm-hmm. into English, like caterpillar is a French word and it means hairy cat. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> so if if somebody translated that into English without knowing what a caterpillar actually was, you'd get some really weird ideas yes. about caterpillars yes. from hairy cat. Yes. Um, and that's the same thing that happened to the Bible. People translated cannabis wrongly. Yes. But the linguists have tracked it down, and it's definitely cannabis. And uh, archaeologists have found cannabis on a 3,000-year-old Israelite um, shrine, uh, altar. Right. So they definitely used it. Yep. We have physical proof. In the Bible, God says use it. So, yep, God's in favour of cannabis. I wonder if Satan ever argument. dabbled in cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good question. I, I know Satan has, has uh, at least 12 plants he likes. I don't know if cannabis is one of them. Yeah, mm. could be, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to check on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my experience of what a civilised country is with when it has cannabis laws, is when I went to visit Canada last year, uh, um, waiting at the hotel for me was a package from the British Columbian government. When I opened it, were five joints that I'd ordered, and uh, oh, that's right, because it's legal. It's in Canada, legal now, it? so yes. that's that's how I that was a kind of welcoming but, gift. But was it? welcome to go- Canada? Package from a government, not from the British. You, you, you buy it from the government, from the from government. A, so right. you, if it had, it would be wonderful if we could have 
applied <laughs> to the oh. Queensland state government for our cannabis and would arrive in the mail. And that's oh. how it works in Canada. Oh, Completely civilized. Wow. Well, I propose that once it's legalized in Queensland, we get some packages delivered to the podcast. Right. <laughs> what, what do you think, Chad? Once, once it's legal. Once sure. it's legal. Oh, yes. yes. That sounds good. Well, mm. except for me, I, I, yeah. I'm not actually using it. So. Yeah. Mm. So, so, Frank, anything else you want to get off your chest about? Just go out there and vote for. Oh, can't, party, no! So. Just well, I just like to give people an impression of what it's like for a mm. sick person that's using cannabis. Uh, mm. Six policemen with guns and a savage dog will turn up at your door. Mm. They will strip you naked and do an intimate body search, It'll, mm. uh, looking for cannabis. They'll ransack your house looking for cannabis, mm. um, and then uh, you'll end up in jail, perhaps, or in court. And uh, your life will be ruined. And this, this is what is happening to sick people every day in Australia. And it's, it's horrific. Mm. should be stopped. Cannabis is less harmful than aspirin. My gastroenterologist told me aspirin was going to kill me. I was going to die of a bleeding ulcer if I didn't stop taking it. No, no, you, you, you can't get bleeding ulcers from cannabis. Uh, cannabis, cannabis is less uh, addictive than coffee. I know plenty of people that can stop smoking cannabis. They can't stop drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no real reason to make cannabis illegal. The only mm-hmm. reason is that uh, 1936 movie Reefer Madness and, and nearly all the, all the scientific stuff is basically a rehash of that movie. It's mm. just... Uh, totally Hands crazy. up who's seen Reefer Madness. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never seen it, really. No. Oh. <laughs> I was doing the rounds of the, it's on the, you know, the art cinemas when I was a young man and yeah. I dutifully went off to... 1936 it was, mate. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's hilarious. Yeah. Just where they have those fantastic dance scenes. Well, You've seen it, haven't you, Robin? Yes. Yeah. It's hilarious, <laughs> but it is very funny, isn't it? I mean, you would swear that some... You know, like the Marx Brothers had put it together or something. It is really, really comical. Okay. Yeah. What's it called again? Reefer Madness. And you find it on YouTube. YouTube. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think they okay. made a stage production of it. Oh, yeah, they, they, it was yeah. so successful that they made a remake to make right. it even more um, lurid. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, what do they call all those things? It was one of the first exploitation movies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, ter- it's, it's influenced the, the whole whole cannabis um, prohibition movement. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, yes. Any other talking points, Frank, you want to get off your chest? Because oh, I got, I got yeah. lost on my way here. <laughs> <laughs> You've left your notes in the car? Or yeah, no, I actually, well, uh, uh, just, hang on, well, I, have, I have notes. Yeah, have a look at Talking points, you want more? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Well, yeah. Well, some people would say, as a concern... They think there's an association with like schizophrenia or sort of people oh, who are using yeah. cannabis end there, up there having is... mental health issues as uh, a result of it. Is uh, what, well, what, to, to it's dispel it's, that myth it's for an me, interesting if, thing. If you there's can, a thing while Scott passes me a beer. Thank you. <laughs> right. There's a it's, there's a thing called correlation, and the correlation is not cause. Yes. Now, if you talk to the scientists, <laughs> they will tell you that people that use aspirin have more headaches that than people that don't. So some people would say we should ban aspirin and there would be less headaches, right? Yep. And that's the same thing with cannabis. There is a correlation between some men- mental illnesses and cannabis, but it's not a cause, it's a correlation. And um, 
a lot of some people with mental illnesses self-medicate with cannabis. Um, whether it works properly, I, I'm not sure. Okay, so you're saying that the scientific evidence doesn't late, stack the, up to say there's a uh, that it's caused by cannabis. Yeah, the, la- the latest research says there's there's no cause effect from cannabis. Mm. Cannabis does not co- well it doesn't cause schizophrenia, and it's very mm. easy to prove that. Mm-hmm. You look at rates of schizophrenia in every country in the world and you look at how much cannabis is consumed in that country mm-hmm. and the, the, if cannabis caused schizophrenia, the countries that have the higher rates of cannabis consumption should have higher rates of schizophrenia. That's mm-hmm. not the case. So just on that simple level, mm-hmm. you can... Mm-hmm. What about things like lung cancer? Uh, lung cancer is complicated. Most of the studies that show that cannabis causes lung cancer are actually showing... Uh, tobacco causes lung cancer because they right. this, the people they're studying mix tobacco with their yep. cannabis does have some protective effects against uh, lung problems, but whether that's enough to counteract the effects of the toxins in smoke, uh, I haven't seen enough research to to say either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people can cons- consume cannabis as uh, a, you know, food in their food or as an oil, so. Or a, a, right. as a vapor, yeah. as a vapor, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So it's um, that that that's an open question, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. Well, and, oh well, and cannabis and uh, breastfeeding, right? Um, they did a study in the uh, Caribbean where there's lots of Rastafarians that have children. Rastafarians. Rastafarians. <laughs> Not Rastafarians. Rastafarians. <laughs> well, You're trying to create thinking. a new religion here <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a religion you could join. I was going to say, it would be very popular, I imagine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, anyway, um, they did a study of, of um, women that were breastfeeding that use cannabis compared to women that don't use cannabis. And yes. the children of the cannabis users were actually healthier than the children of the non-cannabis users. Right. Certainly more relaxed. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right. it's, it's really hard. It, because cannabis... Oh, there's a... Yeah, I have another talking point. I just Good. realised. Yep. Cannabis was classed uh, as a, a Class 9 drug, which meant it was more dangerous than heroin and had absolutely no medical benefits. Right? When, when was that, though? That's not now. Up until very recently. Right. What, 20 uh, years ago or something? That's why you couldn't do research on it, because they had already decided it had no medical benefits, so you no. couldn't do research okay. to show it had medical benefit because it didn't have any. Right. Now, the, the problem with this is that uh, anybody who's used cannabis for a medical problem successfully knows that cannabis does help as a medicine. Now... If you've gone, if you've seen a doctor on TV talking about vaccines and they say vaccines are safe mm-hmm. and you're a cannabis user and you know that that doctor has lied about cannabis, he said the cannabis has no medical use. Right. So the medical profession is responsible for fueling the anti vaxxer movement because they lie about cannabis I and see. nobody trusts them anymore. Right. Does the medical community. So have much to say negative about cannabis, or is it, oh, is it, is it outside the medical community? Try, like, try to get a prescription from a, a doctor, and you'll see. Right, but that's because it's illegal to. Oh no, no. Uh, uh, you, okay, so you're saying that they're inherently against it, yeah. Even, even if the law of the land, yes, that's one, right. Even well, so you're saying then once the law of the land does legalise it, there might be an issue with a number of doctors who still. 
aren't happy with it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's right. what I'm saying. But okay. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's worse than that. It's that if you're concerned about the anti-vaxxer movement, right. you really should go, every time a doctor says vaccines are safe, you should mm. go and ask that doctor and say, look, you've said the cannabis is not a medicine. That's right. a lie. Mm. If we can't trust you about cannabis, why can we trust you about vaccines right. and see what they say? Okay, yeah. Sowing mistrust by... Yeah, I just it's mm. just in, interesting when people talk about they, they uh, talk about anti-vaxxers. They um, have particular ideas in the head. They don't actually look at the issues and yeah. why people are that way. And, and cannabis, a lot, a lot of cannabis users are anti-vaxxers precisely yep. because they don't they know. You look at any of the anti-vaxxer literature. There's always a statement that says doctors are lying to you. Right, and that's okay. true. They okay. have lied to them about cannabis. That would be the um, professional bodies, though, rather than individual doctors, wouldn't it? Uh, well, you won't get an individual doctor. While cannabis is illegal you won't, and classed where it is, you won't get a doctor that will contradict that because they will get into trouble oh, okay. and deregistered if they do. Yeah, I dare say there's probably the odd doctor around who uses cannabis. Oh, well, I know, I know two doctors that have been deregistered. Because they really? s- they have said that cannabis is a medicine, and, and they were deregistered yes, for just saying that, well, and doing it, you know, oh, and doing uh, it. prescribing it for their patients. Kobe in the chat room says that's the Mullumbimby effect. <laughs> I think is what he's saying. Saying oh, the anti-vaxxers. Yes. So well, no, but, it's what, not but, but but what you're saying. So obviously, there's a bunch of people who are using cannabis successfully in their view, and yeah. the doctors are telling them that they shouldn't be. So yeah. then they don't trust the doctors That's about right. their advice about other things. Yeah, yeah. they don't trust them about yeah. anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want to, if yeah. you want to sort of have fewer yeah. anti-vaxxers, just get the doctors to to stop lying. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good one, Frank. Any other talking points? Um, oh yeah, one of the things that really disturbs me about cannabis is like in the old days they had the Roman circus mm-hmm. and uh, to entertain people with, with blood and gore and nowadays if you watch TV you know what do they do for the blood and gore and the, that sort of uh, base instincts of people is they, they have a, a group of armed men go and harass some poor cannabis user right. and chase them with dogs and guns and Chain them up in their underwear. You think and, this is some sort of theatre for them? And put them for, in chains, yeah. To amuse the... Yeah, it's, and the so work. if cannabis is legalised, that people are going to lose their entertainment. We'll have I, to go back I, to the Roman circus. I don't think that was your best talking point. So no, no. <laughs> now, now you're losing me. Yeah. You got any better than that, or is that is that, are we, oh, no, are no, we just, really scrapping the, the barrel? Oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I just think it's... it's, it's um, there are so many... The, the, there are so many vested interests yep. in keeping cannabis illegal, yep. yeah, and the there is. TV hmm. uh, is one of them because yep. they need the media interest of you know. Did, have you read Chasing the Screen? Uh, no, right. I've read about it. Okay, it's it's what's the, just which? Uh, it's the one where he talks about how the um, how the powers that be in the US decided to create a war on drugs. Um, and it was just how unnecessary it was, and it wasn't based on science. It was it was about power and and other things. Oh, yeah. So um, no, I haven't and, read that and, one. And also, really describing that um, people tend to use drugs in a bad way um, because of other problems in their life that they're trying oh, yeah. to um, alleviate. So yeah, well, there's yeah. That, that famous uh, the the rat experiment with mm. the cocaine. Yes. 
uh, whether yes. the, the happy rats don't take cocaine, the yeah. rats are locked yeah. up in cages. Yeah, okay, so the co- cocaine. Yeah, that's, that's a good story. So they had a rat experiment and in one cage they had rat heaven where there was lots of toys, uh, places to play, um, sexual partners and food on demand and everything was, you know, yep. the ideal rat paradise. Yep. And then in another cage it was rat hell where there was nothing there it was completely boring and in in both uh cages they had food that was normal and food that was laced with a drug yeah and in rat heaven the rats just didn't touch the food that was laced with the drug they didn't want to be zonked out they knew that's what would happen if they had that particular food Mm. and they just stuck to the regular food but in rat hell the rats were just going for their life on the on the doped up food um, as a means of coping with rat hell. And then the final part of that is when they move rats out of rat hell into rat heaven. Initially, they would be eating the um, the laced um, food, but after a while, they then transferred across and stopped using that food and went back to the regular food. Is that your understanding of the experiment, yeah. Frank? Yeah. and it's reflected in real life. There are mm. a lot of mm. soldiers in Vietnam that used heroin. Yes. And as soon as they went back to the States... Well, that's all in this book. You sure you haven't read Chasing the Screen? That was in it. I think you might have read it. Cause that no, I think definitely... I've, I've, I've lived the life. Oh, is, uh, <laughs> I've met the people. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Uh, How many tours of duty did you do? Frank? I know. Uh, I lived in uh, Queensland during Bielke Peterson's era, oh, and, and I ran a radical radical bookshop. It was uh, very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Brave. books did you? Oh, start? one of my one of my acquaintances was was dragged out of his home late at night and um, taken down a local park, and the police pulled out their guns and said, "You start running, you're going to be shot while trying to escape." What? Mm. Yeah, really? they didn't shoot him, but right. they they. Uh, Stressed him out quite a lot. Yeah. What was he selling? Lady Chatterley's Lover or something? Uh, the, I think the no, the Little Red School Book. I think it was. Oh, know. that one. Yeah. yeah. But back to the politics of it. Like mm. in the the reason it became really illegal in the seventies mm. was because of the Vietnam War, mm. and there were more anti anti race riots in America than there were anti Vietnam demonstrations. And at one demonstration, the police or, or the authorities actually shot and killed some black demonstrators. Yep. And a little while later at Kent State, they shot some white anti-war demonstrators and they realised that in a democracy you can't keep doing that and that shortly after that they brought in the draconian anti-drug laws to right. suppress the political movement. Right. Made and, it easy to lock people up and get them off the street yeah. and... and, and and some of the people protest. Yeah, and some of the people involved in that in the in the Nixon administration have come out years later and said, "Yeah, we we knew the cannabis was not harmful, yep. but we wanted we had to get these people." Mm. And it's been going on ever since. The war's over. Uh, mm. Well, the race riots aren't, but yeah, but cannabis was illegal before long that. before that. Yeah, but it wasn't a big issue. It wasn't. They, they actually it wasn't had the to, war on drugs. That it. Do you know when exactly it was outlawed? Around, uh, in the 30s sometime. In the 30s, They yeah. had a lot of unemployed police after alcohol prohibition ended and they mm. needed jobs, so they <laughs> banned cannabis. Mm. I'll have to... LSD was um, the Vietnam War. Right. It, it was a way of shutting down the protests. A lot of them were hippies. 
and the hippies were tripping on acid. Right. So mm. it was an easy way to demonise them. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look at that book and, and do a bit of a review for everyone. Um, I read somewhere that Louis Armstrong, the famous jazz yeah. musician, was a daily user of cannabis. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, that's a most of his life. Interesting piece of research. One of my, the local researchers, he, he, he found that 19 of the 20 of the, the best um, mus- uh, bands of, right. the, uh, according to Rolling Stone, 19 out of the 20 were all cannabis users. Right. And then there was another piece of research that showed that MRI scans of cannabis users, the part of the brain that deals with music is a bit bigger. Uh, so... Yeah, if you want to improve your musical ability, uh, cannabis is the way to go. <laughs> Arguably, yes. <laughs> According yeah. to the research, which yeah. is probably, uh, there yeah. might be some methodological flaws provide in us, there. Provide us with your notes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Dr. John Jiggins uh, uh, in press, I yeah, think right. it's called. Yeah. Right. Now, um, okay, so that's the satanic angle. That's the uh, the cannabis angle. Um, Put them together. With, with, I say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so normally, dear listener, we just sort of talk about what's happened in the previous week, different topics, and just give our thoughts and ideas about what's happened over there. And guys, if you can hang around, you're welcome to stay. But Thank if you, you need to hit the road and get going, put your hand up at any time and, and head yeah. off. Uh, oh. So so hang around as long as you I'll like. I'll hang around and but, re- um, listen to some good conversation. Oh, <laughs> that's it, Frank. Sure so um, let's talk about uh, voluntary assisted dying. So quite a shock that Anastasia Palaszczuk came out a day or two ago and said, if elected, her Labor government in February mm. will put it to the Parliament and uh, she will be voting in favour of voluntary assisted dying. Twelfth man, got any opinion on, on, oh, more we, on that? We discussed this some weeks ago, didn't, didn't mm. we? And what did I say? I said I thought she was holding it as a lure to people like me who really didn't want to vote for her, but <laughs> really want to see a, a voluntary assisted dying law legislated. Mm. Yes. So she was holding it over people like me and there probably a few others in the community yeah. to get us to, to vote for her, even though we don't really like all of her other policies. Yeah. And now she just put a big yellow highlighter on that and said... She has, She yeah. said, I'm going to do it. And I'm so she's got it. me. She's definitely got yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Because the alternative is frightening, isn't it? I mean, Frecklington was specifically asked about this issue and Mm. she apparently deflected. Right. Didn't want to talk about it because, as we know, I don't don't know if she's a really deeply committed um, believer of Christianity, but we know a lot of the movers and shakers in the uh, LNP are definitely um, strong believers Mm. and they want to... They want to take us back to the, you know, the the good old God fearing days of I don't know what decade mm. that would be the nineteen fifties in Queensland mm. maybe Spanish Inquisition perhaps <laughs> yeah. yes bring back the Spanish Inquisition well it wouldn't be because most of them would be likely Protestant rather than Catholic I would guess oh, yes. yeah it seemed quite cynical it um, was very Velvet cynical Club. it was really cynical it, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite angry about it but i understood what she was doing and all that sort of stuff but i think paul's hit the nail right on the head you know she did it deliberately so that she could have something to hang over those of us who were 
Disillusioned. Disillusioned, you know, and we were, I was always going to vote for her anyway, but I think that the fact that she's come out now and said that she's going to do it in February, then she's probably won a lot more votes that mm. way. Mm. Um, wasn't there a report today I was reading that said that there was the Law Reform Commission was due to report in March? Yep. That's very interesting that... Um, the Law Reform Commission is going to report in March, but she's going to bring it into Parliament by February. She you know, said she's going to give them extra resources to get it done earlier. <laughs> and Frecklington attacked her for that, didn't she? She said, oh, but you said you were going to wait till March and now you say you're going to introduce it into Parliament in February and therefore you're a liar. Or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, yeah well, Frecklington's just grasping at straws Of course there. she is, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the chat room, Deep Throat Craig says, sign the petition on the Dying With Dignity website. Uh, it calls on candidates to declare their position on voluntary assisted dying before the election and not dodge the issue. So I guess what they're trying to do is get people to uh, reluctantly state that they're in favour of it so that when the vote comes next year in Parliament, people will be waving their quotes in front of them and saying, you better do what you said you were going to do. So that's that's the tactic at the moment, is to try and get that. But, of course, these people just dodge all the time. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a question here for, for mm. Craig and also the rest of us here on the panel is, mm. now I was speaking to Di Farmer. I believe that's her surname, Farmer. Mm. She's representative of Morningside. Yeah. Mm. And I was talking to her about it, and she said she genuinely hadn't made up her mind as yet. She could see she could see valid points from both sides of the argument. So, what does everyone think about an answer like that? Is that just a dodge or not? You've, you've had plenty of time to think about it. It's been on the agenda for a long time. There's mm. been parliamentary inquiries and all sorts of things. Mm. Like, at some point, you have to make up your mind. Mm. So. Uh, that's just squibbing it. Um, I've got a link to an article here. Part of it says that a uh, pro-voluntary um, assisted dying groups released a survey of nearly 600 candidates running in the October 31 election on where they stood for. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the 597 candidates polled, 164 were in favour of assisted dying, uh, 37 were unclear or uncommitted, 13 opposed, and 383 did not respond. So getting people, people just dodge, don't even answer things these days. Not me, though. Yeah, right. Good on you, Frank. You're, in the, you're one of the ones there. Yeah, who, um, that's right. You're one of the 164. On so how was that done? Do you remember getting the survey? Yeah, they, 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 they send you a letter and, and, and ask you. Just an email, was it? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, we got emails from all, got yeah. one from the Australian Christian Lobby. and Right, yep. They, they yeah. And what did they want from you? Oh, they had a long list right. of all sorts of... Did you agree with them on everything? No, I was going to write them a, a letter just explaining where they were going wrong, but then I, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> but I did notice that um, their paragraphs on all the other things like abortion and, and stuff were really big, but their paragraph on cannabis had shrunk to three lines because they're obviously coming under a lot of pressure. Yeah, okay. Because the other Christians know God wants it, so... Oh, okay, there you go. So, um, and of course, different religious leaders like um, Archbishop, Anglican Archbishop Philip Aspinall said there must be, quote, political judgments involved uh, 
in the absence of any other rationale for fast-tracking the nation's mm. third right-to-die law. So he and Mark Coleridge, Brisbane Catholic Archbishop, are just angry that this has come on in a rush <laughs> when they were hoping it could be another four years away. <laughs> um, and, yeah. But, dear listener, this has not come in a rush. There's been all sorts of inquiries, mm. consultation... This has been as thorough and long-going a topic gets in a parliament. So, no, the, yeah. Yeah, Craig said before that dying with dignity Queensland has been around for 35 years. You oh, know, wow. mm. it's, and it's been, probably similar in other states. Absolutely. So. It's been going on for a bloody donkey's years. It's mm. probably been going since Clem Jones died. Was that exactly? I think <laughs> because his estate has funded a large part of it. So, our yeah. interstate listeners might not know who Clem Jones is. Former Lord the Mayor. Former Lord Mayor of mm. Brisbane. Yeah. It was, you know, not obscenely wealthy, but going okay when he died. And his wife had had a very tough death. So mm. um, in his will, there was the estate has spent a lot of money on pursuing this change. Mm. Very yeah. clever because they recognised it was too hard to do it in Queensland first up. So they actually supported campaigns in South Australia and other states with the idea that once it was in place there, it would then be easier to change the law in Queensland. Like, that's the sort of long-term thinking that the Christians do all the time. <laughs> and finally, a sort of a secular group has had the long-term vision to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know, I don't know much about Clem Jones, but I wonder if he was a religious man himself. Mm. Anybody have any idea? No idea. No. Don't know. I, I just know that he, the candidate he was first running against was a guy that wanted to reduce the rates. His, his slogan was uh, vote for Tate and um, reduce the rate or something like that. But Clem Jones said, no, we want a sewerage system and we're going to go into debt for it. And people said, yeah, we, we want to go into debt to get our sewerage system. Mm. So yeah, mm. it's, he actually was... A, a politician that that argued for an increase in rates and got away mm. with it. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. It can be done if you sell yes. a story. If, yeah. if you want to stop people drowning in shit. Yes. <laughs> well, there's some great old pictures of Brisbane with just a rows of houses and then rows of outhouses behind them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I lived that. So. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Yeah. When you were growing up? Yeah, when I was growing up. I'm really old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking remarkably young. So, yeah, for a, for a man who was running a bookshop during the Bajelki Peterson era and... Yeah. and Stress yeah. must be good for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's... I'm interested in everyone's opinion on, the, on this one is Facebook and Twitter took steps to stop publication of some articles. So um, Joe Biden's son was involved with... Well, there was a story about his laptop computer was supposedly in to get repaired and then it was abandoned and the guy running the repair shop looked at the hard drive and saw emails that implicated Joe Biden's son and I don't know whether it implicated Joe Biden as well, but supposedly emails dragged off a laptop that was dumped at a laptop repair shop that provided <laughs> incriminating evidence against Joe Biden's son, at least, and added to this whole story of Ukraine and whatnot. And anyway, that was published in the New York Post, which is one of Murdoch's rags. And uh, normally, as you know, when things are posted in a newspaper, they get shared around Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. 
And Twitter and Facebook both took steps to various degrees to either limit the transmission of that article or to actually stop it completely at one point. I think one or both of them have since changed their tactic. But um, but basically they said this is a result of a hacking and it smells so rotten, this particular article, we think it can't be trusted and we're not allowing its distribution. And mm. it's an interesting conundrum of freedom of speech and whatnot um, and... I've changed my mind and flip-flopped a few times on this one. So <laughs> I, I'm interested if you guys think that Twitter and Facebook should be able to curate what content. Should they be able to mm. do that or should they uh, not? Anybody? It was in the can, New York Post, was it? It was originally in the New York Post. Yeah, yeah. okay. I know it's a Murdoch rag and all mm. that sort of stuff, but it is a reasonable publication so hang, hang on murdoch rag and yeah, reasonable publication <laughs> in, in the same anyway, sentence very anti-murdoch that's fine Scott. yeah and they are very anti-murdoch i am too but it's a reasonable publication i think you've got to allow it to be spread so provided it's in a newspaper yeah any newspaper of not any newspaper well, why does why, why should that make a difference that it's yeah. in a newspaper what's 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 the golden... Well, a newspaper there is something that you've gone to the bother of actually putting it onto paper and that sort of stuff and printing it out. But, but, but newspapers are just propaganda outfits now. Well, so they are, but, you know... They, you... They, like, if, for example, a newspaper printed an article that in the pizza shop at New York there's a pedophile ring and it's controlled by... Yeah, but that is um, demonstrably wrong. Uh, you, well, can, well, you can prove that's wrong. But, you know, you, but you okay, can... but here's the point. If it's printed by, and that was printed by newspapers, so just because it's in newspaper doesn't really get it over the line as being acceptable, okay. does it? Well, you've got a you've got a better chance of having something that's reasonably produced on a paper mm-hmm. than what you do out of a right out of a website, right? Yeah, isn't, isn't any- the essence of the question: Do should these social Social media platforms, should mm. they be acting as publishers or just... Platforms. Platforms that transmit what other people put on them. Yes. Isn't that the yes. crux of the issue? It is, yes. You so, don't have any strong views, 12th man? I don't have any really strong views, but I would have thought most people would think a platform shouldn't be... What was the word you used? Um, uh. Publisher, a curator, curating right. what they carry, right? But any it, more than say a telephone company should be cur- curating what sort of messages they transmit on the telephone. Okay, lines. but as a libertarian, you would take a view that people should be able to run their business as they see fit, as a as, left as, libertarian, as much as possible. So, <laughs> so you would be saying libertarian-wise. Uh, I don't speak con- for all libertarians, no. <laughs> and I don't even think of myself as a libertarian. But, but normally that's your thing, is a freedom for people freedom, to do absolutely. and not do yeah. what they want to. I'm going to run a business. I yeah. call it Twitter. <clears throat> I'm going to take some stuff, and I'm not going yeah. to take some stuff. I should be free. Wouldn't that be your normal? <laughs> that's your normal I'm, go-to. I'm is certainly a freedom- anti-censorship, yeah. Right. So my position would probably be, yeah, if they're just a platform mm. transmitting messages produced or created by other people, then they should keep their fingers out of it and just And, and if do somebody what, posts something, they shouldn't be taking it off. 
I don't think so. Right. Unless no matter how... Unless it's no something how, unless it's evil, inciting, right. you know, like um, right. inciting, yeah. but I, I wasn't looking your way, Robin. No. <laughs> um, you know, like yes, you were. Direct, <laughs> direct incitement to violence yes. or, yeah, yeah. you know, criminality. Yeah. Um, I suppose yeah, most yeah. reasonable people would yeah. say there is a, a line drawn there somewhere, but yeah. I don't know where exactly to draw that line. But just, mm. no, and, and, so, a so newspaper they, report? No, I don't think they have any business uh, censoring it. Okay, so really Twitter and Facebook should be forced to... to forced to, is a very strong word. <laughs> How do you force them? Like through legislation? Uh, I, no, sorry, you're saying... Sorry, let me get this back again. You're saying that... They can reject articles if they want to. No, that isn't what I'm saying. I'm oh. saying they, they probably, if, if their business model is a platform, yep. then they have no business censoring what people And put if on they it. attempt to do some censoring, then they should be, be told, don't. The I law is know. you can't. I'm not privy. <laughs> I, I, I don't have my... Okay, so you don't have a strong view. I really don't have a really strong view, but right. I would have thought, these platforms should act like platforms, not as mm. publishers. Mm. What do you think? <laughs> it, anybody else got anything they want to add? Me. I guess. Uh, Frank, go ahead. Oh, well, like um, one of our candidates was doing a fundraiser and they uh, couldn't do a fundraiser on the platform because it was for cannabis. So they've got censored. And yeah. uh, um, so from their point of view, being censored is bad because they were doing something that was quite normal. Yes. So in general, then I, I don't think there should be censorship. Yeah. Uh, I like what they, the pages are doing now. If there's something that's offensive or wrong, they put a little thing on it saying, this was fact-checked by sensible people and it's rubbish. Yes. <laughs> but they still post it, see? Yeah. And that, that, I think, is the way to go. Yep. So, Robin, you had an uh, incident where you've been... Yes, we De- did. Deplatformed. Yeah, we were yeah, raising. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, we were raising funds for our Flying Satan banner, and um, I approached Possible, which is the Australian crowdfunding mob down in Melbourne, and put together a whole um, uh, uh, campaign on their platform. And they they vetted it, and right at the last minute, they sent a personal response to me saying that it didn't meet with their. Um, Community standards. Hmm. And it's a funny phrase, isn't it? Community yeah. standards. How do yeah. they measure those community standards? So, yeah. We're talking about raising money to fly a, a banner for religious freedom. Uh, <laughs> it, it was quite astounding to hear this from hmm. from a group that's in the past. I've raised money on two campaigns, and they hmm. they are they claim that they very uh, have a social conscience and they they do all kinds of fundraising and uh, so that we we wrote to the Victorian Human Rights Commission immediately and reported them for discrimination because we felt they were using our religion as a basis of their discrimination and uh, so we've yet to hear back from the Victorian Human Rights Council I'm going to probably mm. get in touch with them next week and find out if they've received my complaint but um, yeah we were mortified and uh so we just used our GoFundMe uh, platform to raise the money, which which happened remarkably quickly. And uh, I want to thank everyone who donated to that. Mm. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, we've had the same experience yeah. happen to us. Censorship's great if they're censoring the people you don't like, but yes. when they start doing it to you, you realise that maybe there's uh, a bit, yeah. a bit of a problem here. Yeah. So, um, so something like a newspaper is a publisher, and we've been thinking of Facebook and Google and Twitter as platforms. And so traditionally a publisher publishes what they like. They curate it and they decide what to put in and what to leave out and nobody would suggest that they can't. It's just you choose whether you use that publisher or not. Mm. That's all fairly straightforward. When it comes to a platform, um, really when there's an algorithm involved, which there is, the algorithm is already, to a large extent, denying you things and withdrawing things, whether you like it or not. Like, it's just happening there. So every moment of the day, they're kind of, not banning, but shuffling way into the dark, distant mm. parts of their of their apparatus, your ability to see certain things anyway. So an algorithm in itself sort of does that um, function in a way anyway. But, um, and I was, I used to sort of draw a distinction where there was a monopoly power. I sort of, I, I was thinking if you had something like Facebook, which was a monopoly on effectively a social media, then what might have been acceptable when you were a small bit player where you could pick and choose what you allow. Uh, I was thinking, well, once you get into a, a monopoly situation, you really are under a different constraint. But I'm just sort of coming around to the view that we've got to face it, these guys are just publishers like a newspaper and you've just got to read them like a newspaper and understand it. I can't demand an article in the Courier-Mail tomorrow appears and I can't demand things appear on Facebook and... People just have to, I think, think of it that way. Which brings about another uh, result of all that is because if you've got like a newspaper publisher and they publish something that is defamatory, then they can be sued because mm. they're responsible for the conduct, uh, for the content. Whereas when it comes to platforms, they to date have sort of, if there's been something defamatory posted, they say, don't blame us. I mean... We didn't do it. We're just a platform. We're not a publisher. We just let anybody post stuff. We don't have any input into it. Well, if you're going to start having this sort of input where you're doing this, I think these guys start crossing the line into publisher and where they should then become liable for things like that, like they start to have some skin in the game because on certain things they can actually effectively prevent things so you know let's say for example there was some crazy allegation that um joe biden was a murderer for example murdered a kid 12 years ago or something for example they actually have the capacity to basically stop any post that would say that they can actually do it if they wanted to and this thing with the Joe Biden and the um, Ukraine thing and the laptop and all whatever. Apparently, they were very, very effective at at pulling it off their system when they wanted to. They were actually really effective, surprisingly effective at able, being able to pick it up and get rid of it. So, um, so yeah, I just have reached the point 
Also with Facebook, I just know like um, my kids who are in their 20s, my two daughters especially, they're never on Facebook. Like that is just such old They're on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram or something Snapchat. like that. And then the other popular ones and in two years' time, they'll be on something else, mm. I would think. Sort of, it's, yeah. yeah. So that's all my thoughts rolled up in that we're never going to solve the situation by telling these companies what they can and can't publish. It's really, a, I'm going to sound like 12th man here, but it's about educating people <laughs> to understand what oh they're God. reading and what's a bullshit and what <laughs> might not be there and spread themselves around, I think. Mm. I just don't think it's going to solve it by forcing mm. these companies one way or another. I think. I think. Yeah, there was an example on Media Watch where the woman that was accusing people of being pedophiles got sued Yep. A huge amount of money. Yes. That's the woman I was yeah. talking about yeah. last time. Yeah. yeah, and 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 for taking stuff off when that guy was shooting people in New Zealand, they took his direct feed off the the Facebook as soon as they realised, and they mm. they just stopped it spreading as well. So mm. there's some they they can do it, mm. and sometimes it's you know it's, where somebody's shooting, killing, you know, having a film of shooting, killing people. Uh, you, you, you could say, yeah, I don't want that on Facebook. Mm, yeah, yep. Mm. So anyway, that's uh, an interesting one. So, guys, that's about an hour and a half. That's about our usual length. There's a thousand and one things we could talk about. Um, oh, Frank, I know you're disappointed. You can come back another time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. But but um, the Velvet Club gets up at four o'clock in the morning, so I'm always oh. conscious that he's. <laughs> He's, got, he's an early riser. So. Oh, God. So anyway, well, uh, so I might just call it a night unless somebody wanted something really important they wanted to say or all, all good. So, right, well, dear listener, um, if it's your first time with us, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, have a look at some of our other episodes where we just a little bit more standard than this one. But um, uh, mark this day in your diary. What's, what's the date today? It's uh, 20th of October, I think, is when sort of satanic activism um, began in Australia <laughs> in, a, in a true sense, I think, Robin. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We did have that uh, viral letter that we wrote in January that, yes. uh, that I think perhaps... What was that letter about? It was a, a submission to uh, Christian Porter about right. the uh, religious discrimination bill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was, that was pre- I would say that's the starting point. We'll argue about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so um, if you could uh, sign off in turn. Thanks very much for tuning in. Bye now. Robin. Oh, cheerio. Hail Satan. <laughs> cheerio. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Mr Speaker, Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. This is a nation where you have the freedom to follow any belief system you choose. Secularism is just one. It has no greater claim than any other on our society. As US Senator Joe Lieberman said, the Constitution provides for freedom of religion, not from religion. I believe the same is true in this country. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to.
and maybe pick an episode that you think is a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode and really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just it'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners, and that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.